0: to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM.
1: G'day, my name's Lloyd Grolleman, I'm the Aussie Pastor. Welcome to our program today, I want to say coming from the COVID capital of Australia, <laughs> Sydney <laughs> Yep, Hunty, our producer director, welcome to you. Thanks mate, good to be here. It is still lockdown, yep. we just don't seem to be escaping it Yep,
2: we're part of the Melbourne and Sydney zombies
1: Yeah, it's, it's not easy uh, for people I, You know, I'm living in a house, renting a house Which is in the middle of a brand new estate And there's a lot of builders in that area And the whole place is as dead as dead Not a builder, not a painter, not a plasterer, not a brickie No one's allowed to come to work We are in tight, tight Lockdown, Mm. and we're not going anywhere in this city. But good thing about radio is lockdown don't impact us. That's right. We can still take this message of Jesus right across the world. Yep. Well, Australia and the world, because we do put this kind of on. Yeah, we do. put the link on Facebook, don't we? So it goes around the whole world, actually. And so COVID can't stop that. And if you're out there and you're locked down, we want to give you a big welcome today. We know it's tough. We're sympathetic because we're with you. We're locked down too. And if you're free, I think there's only about, there's about 16 million people out of 25 locked down. So seven or eight or nine are are, are free. So if you're free, enjoy your freedom because I'm sure lockdown will be coming to you shortly too. Hunty. Yes. Got a good program today. Yeah, we do. Going to interview a mate of yours Yes Fred Chilichay Chileshay. Chilichay or Chilichay That's a good question It is yes. I'll ask him Okay So if I remember I probably won't remember <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm like <laughs> Fred Chilashe. He is um, Associate Pastor at New Hope Church I belong to And worship and minister in But he has the most amazing mm, story does. um Growing up in Africa And I think you're going to find that interesting Got two great Bible studies Yep One is on the commandments. You might be surprised what we'd come up with there. And another one is how to get through COVID-19 lockdown. I thought we'd put a little Bible study in today about that because so many people are struggling with COVID-19, true? Great idea. I mean, it's incredible how many people are committing suicide or falling into depression, how much of a mental health threat these lockdowns are to people. Victoria's had
2: 250 suicides this year and zero COVID deaths.
1: Yeah, are you sure they've only had zero COVID mm.
2: deaths? Well, as of yesterday, it was zero.
1: Okay, mm. I don't think we've had many COVID deaths in Australia. Full stop. This mm. year, maybe five, and they're all been in New South Wales. Yep. But the the mental health yes is important. Mm. It, it it is it is a great stress on people for some reason to be locked down. Usually, when I get locked down, if it's not too long, I'm kind of glad for the rest. Only thing is, we're in we're in media. We're in media, and so we don't get a rest. We've got to keep going. That's right. We're as busy now, Hunty, as we ever were. Busier because we're actually producing a, a church service
2: now that we don't have to. We used to do live at church on Saturday. That's right. Yeah. So we're busier than
1: normal. But That's look, it. wherever you are in Australia, we're glad to have you here. And I just hope, and I hope, I hope, I hope, and pray that today, as we get into this program, that you'll see a little snapshot of how beautiful Jesus is. Music.
0: You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM.
1: Hey, Hunty. Here, yeah, mate. Talking about lockdown. Yep. One of the things I think you need when you're into lockdown is exercise. Yes. And yet I read in the paper this morning that, and I'm reading online, I want to remind our listeners, almost said viewers then, <laughs> listeners, <laughs> If you wonder why, if I ever accidentally say viewers, it's because we don't do much on radio. we've done a lot of television in the last few years, haven't we? A lot of television, a lot of stuff online. Facebook, YouTube, yep, that yep. sort of thing. In fact, if you ever want to watch our Facebook YouTube programs, you just go straight to www.findjesus.tv. Or you can go to Aussie Aussie Pastor. Pastor dot com On Facebook. Yeah. You're... Oh, uh, yes, right, on Facebook. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So so you can see it. You can see it on YouTube at AussiePastor. You can see it on Facebook at Aussie Past, And You can see it on findjesus.tv. And Find Jesus. Yep. I think we're getting it together so you'll be able to see it really well on uh, com too. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, people walking. Yes, I noticed in the media this morning they're saying that's a no-no. They're sending police out to Bondi to tell people that if they're walking they must wear masks, they must be 1.8 metres uh, apart, and more than that, or is it 1.5? 1.5, 1.8? Yeah, 8, yeah. Something something like that. yeah something. Yep. In other words, a fair distance apart. Yes. Um, and the police are there uh, policing this in a very strict way. What do you think about that? What do
2: you think I, about? I think it? the media is making a huge uh, beat up of the situation. The fact simply is, in in Bondi, where they're complaining, it's an area jam packed full of high rise, high density living. For those people to go out and go for a walk, they only have the choice of the Corso and the beachfront area. And from the pictures that I've seen on the TV news, for the most part, everyone's uh, two by two or less, and they're well spaced and well distance. A couple without masks, I think they need to. Definitely keep the masks thing in people's foreheads, but um, certainly the media's trying to beat up saying, oh, Bondi people aren't obeying the rules, but for me, I think they are.
1: Do you think the media's been culpable of... Inflaming? Yeah, inflaming tensions and passions in this... The media staring things up, Lloyd.
2: I can't imagine that it ever happened. It's actually a bit disappointing when you it is, read it sometimes. It is disappointing.
1: I mean, you see, if, if if you look here in Sydney, where the the actual numbers of people being infected are going down, but you'll see the you'll see the um headlines and say the online paper saying. Uh, Covid explodes, and you're going yeah. well. Well, that how does layer. that work when yep. numbers are going down? And yet you say Covid explodes. And it seems to me that the media is probably more responsible for the fear out there yes. than the actual disease itself. And yes. I'm not. I'm, I'm actually a believer in the virus, the pandemic. Of of I know it's real. Course, I'm not too. trying to underplay it. In fact, uh, you know, I think I might have shared last week that um, on one street where Liska used to live and her a her dad still lives right now in Indonesia, in Jakarta, one street, uh, on one day three people died of yeah. of COVID-19. So it's happening all the time. I'm a believer in the reality of COVID-19. But the media definitely in Australia is beating things up into a... For
2: sure. They they put footage of people not distancing, but, you know, with a long lens you can actually, you yeah. actually change space a little bit. Yeah. And they were doing that. But let me remind the media that... There was huge outrage at the Black Lives Matter protests. Oh, they're going to infect everybody. Everyone's going to be infected with oh, COVID. Yeah. But yeah. It, it seems to prove that outdoors, with the sunshine, the ultraviolet light and the fresh air, it is a very difficult environment to catch COVID. Although, I mean, even, although the buil- even the builders. Uh, there's not been hardly any infections on any building sites.
1: Although, you've got to be careful. Really? Because with Delta, there is some evidence that it does spread quite easily outside. Okay. I mean, we did have that case the other
2: day where two people walked past each other and and that was enough for the person to catch
1: it. I think be careful. That's yeah. our message today. Be careful. Today. Stay apart. Yeah, be careful. Yeah. Uh, if you must go for a walk outside, obey the laws, obey the rules and enjoy the exercise and the sunshine. We actually sure do need that experience every day when we're locked down in our for houses.
2: For sure, for uh, sure.
1: Uh, hey, Hunter, you're yeah. a rev head. Oh, yes. You love your petrol cars and your diesels. Oh, Yes. Yes, what yes, do you think so. of this idea? I was reading just earlier today actually, again in my online newspaper. What do you think of this idea that by 2035, 2035, Europe plans to be free of fossil fuel cars? Nah, no, that'll never happen. I
2: don't think that's a stupid idea. <laughs> <laughs> Look, like, I do, I do agree. Electrics the future.
1: And let's stop polluting the environment. If, if we're still on radio in two thousand and thirty-five, I'm gonna. Do we keep? Yes, we do keep. It we do keep these. everything. Yes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dig that up and play that to you. So you think it's a silly idea? I think let's stop producing petrol and diesel cars,
2: but let's not ban the ones we've already made for for no no for life.
1: Well, that's then, because you've got some cars that oh, well. Have you? You used to have. I I want to see a
2: 1902 vintage car drive past occasionally. If you've got an old car and you want to keep it, let's not ban
1: that forever. Okay. Do you think think cars are having a uh, detrimental impact on the environment? Definitely. You do? So that's why I fully support electric cars. So you think the world
2: will be a better place without... So let's stop making petrol and diesel cars, but let's not ban the ones we've already made. But
1: what about where you're using fossil fuels to make the electricity?
2: Well, that's ridiculous. You've got to make electricity from solar. Or are there renewables? But we're not. But we could of this country very easily. A lot of sunshine.
1: Mm. I suppose it's, it's one of those areas you can argue about. But it does show that the world is advancing technologically and they are making an attempt to look after this planet. There's no doubt. You don't have to agree with what they're doing and what they're saying, but there is an attempt by some to try and look after the planet, isn't there? Correct. And that can't be a bad thing. Love it. Actually, I'm looking forward to an electric car. I wish it was just using uh,
2: other than batteries. I mean, we should look uh, at hydrogen. Electric cars are fast; they are very fast. I'm looking forward to my electric car. The, the, the current Tesla does two second hundred kilometres. What an I'm hour. not
1: looking forward to is what the Victorian government does. And you know what the Victorian government does? It charges already or about to per kilometre in every in any electric car you've got. You're going to pay a per kilometre tax. That's because they're missing out on their fuel excise. Yeah, I know. Which is pretty healthy, isn't it? That fuel excise It is very healthy. It's huge, huge. So they've got to try and get it back. So, but it kind of just makes me feel a little bit claustrophobic, the idea that every kilometre I do now, the government's going to know and they're going to charge me for well, it. I don't make, like it.
2: Let me make you even matter. The fuel excise that you're paying is supposed to go into roads, so you don't have to have roads paid for with tolls. But does it all go into roads? No. Are you sure of that? Absolutely positive.
1: You've got the facts on hand for that? Absolutely positive. Could you take us and show us where you got that yes, from? Yes,
2: we could run straight to the internet for that. That's a stat I will hold. Hi. Okay, I'm going to makes do me this. It makes me very mad.
1: <laughs> I better not do this. I was going to say listeners will make him find those stats. In the break. Do yeah. the next song. <laughs> I better not because he's a producer and he's already pretty busy. My computer's already smoking out here. <laughs> hey, one more really serious news item I found, Hunter, which yep. bothered me a lot, Yep. Um, and, and it's this one where flatmates are looking to sleep with each other but it's not just so much that they're doing that; it's that it made the news as a headline um, article. What do you What do you think about that? How's that possible?
2: That flatmates have been engaging in non-family-friendly practices for a long time.
1: Well, the reality is, it, it was it was on the news. Well, I won't I won't say where it was, but what it was, it was a major headline, and what it was saying that flatmates. What they are doing is they're sleeping with each other. Now, we always know that sort of thing's happen, But the thing that got me about it is it's in the news, it's a headline, and it's being celebrated. And I just wonder, when you read this stuff in the news, what's going on, and it's entertainment, what is going on with our culture that these are the sort of things that are making, supposedly supposedly making it to supposedly family-friendly news organisations and and as headlines? What's going on? I guess when you take...
2: God and family As God created it You take that out of the equation and then people Will do Their own desires
1: Do you think it's a sign of where we live? When we live? and um, There you go Do you? Yeah. Because it seems to yeah. me that when I look at what's going on and, and it is worrying to me When I look at what's being shown on television In family friendly time slots when I look at what 's in the newspapers where any of our kids i have I have a teenage son who 's fourteen years old. he can go on to that it 's not a, a, a rated news site online news site or, or a rated site. he can go on to that and he can read that stuff and he 's reading about how um, the media is glamorising this sort of behaviour where flatmates are, are living as yeah. though they're in Sodom yep. and, and he's starting to think that's normal and that's the way things are. And I just wonder myself, are we actually reaching a time in history where this sort of behaviour is glamorised so much that we're now beginning to live again as they did in Sodom and Gomorrah? I think you've nailed it. I
2: mean, most of the, the Most of the good sitcoms and the good TV shows are morally bankrupt.
1: And when you say good, the funny ones. The funny ones, yeah. The entertaining ones. Everyone's one.
2: living and sleeping with someone else
1: and... It's, it's almost like the sanctity of marriage mm. and that physical relationship doesn't exist anymore, doesn't matter. And when we live a life apart from what God would want, which, and what does God want? He wants us to have a relationship between a man and a woman within the boundaries of marriage, correct? Correct. And it's like the whole world, the culture of the world, especially the Western world is saying, hey, let's glamorize and celebrate anything other than what God is suggesting for Human beings That is Satan's
2: big argument It's counterfeit everything
1: Yeah and it's just amazing to me What's happening in the media And the impact that is happening on people's lives And as I look at these things I can't help but think to myself You know Jesus has got to be coming soon Mm. Perhaps it's time we started to look up Into the eastern sky Yep Because we will see the Lord return And it will be a new day
0: You're listening to the Aussie Pastor Here
1: on Faith FM yeah, I do think we're living in last days, honey. Mm, it, mm. it amazes me, actually. When I'm reading the media, I'm starting to get to the point where you wonder whether it's worthwhile reading sometimes because of the impact it is having on people's lives, yep. on the way they think. And it's even infiltrating into the church, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I, I see it in my own families. I see my kids struggling with these moral issues, mm-hmm. issues that when you and I were young, we had to face, but perhaps not at the same level. We're going to listen to a song now by Digby King Adams, Little As Much. I, I don't know the person singing this song, but I know the song, and it's a beauty.
3: Your call to labor seems so small, or little known. Well, it is great when God is in it, and He won't forsake His own.
1: Fred Chilichay, to our program today. Welcome. Thank you, Pastor. Now, Boys. as I'm listening to you, and I've, I know you a little bit now, but you've got a bit of a different accent. I'm taking that you weren't born in Australia. Is that correct? Uh, that is true. I was born in Zambia, uh, which is a country in the mid,
4: middle of Southern Africa, Yep. Uh, in a town called Kitwe on the Copperbelt province, uh, Brought up there in a shanty township Just on the outskirts of that city It's the third largest city in Zambia
1: What's it mean to be Tell us what it means to be brought up in a shanty town
4: Oh um, There were challenges I mean Mum had to go and uh, Fetch water uh, From a distance Carried on her head And uh, she would bring the water Home for cooking And she would boil some of the water and give us a bath, uh a little. Yep. And some of the water would be used for cooking and and then of course there was no electricity, I had to have lamps or candles. And when you didn't have enough money, uh, sometimes you had to just do things in the dark until you get a bit of money to buy the candles and, and things like that. And and then of course there were challenges like food, uh, had to be rationed a bit and sometimes you would go some nights without food, and, and and those challenges of poverty.
1: Yeah. Was there a lot of people living in that shanty town? I mean, were you all crushed in together, or or, or how was that?
4: Uh, there were many people uh, living in that shanty township because uh, uh, after Zambia got independent from the British in 1964, there was a a bit of an urban rush. A few people from the village villagers thought that it was um, opportunities opening for them in yep. you, you know to work in the mine, yep. like it was the mining town. But not everyone made it to work in the mine, yeah. and so they had to find other you know not so rewarding jobs. Um, so they couldn't afford proper housing and, and things like that. So there were a lot of people in the shadow township.
1: So Shanty Town, and I'm I'm just trying to unpack this a little bit for our Aussie listeners. Um, hmm. it, it's it's just a place where people will move in and set up their own houses. They don't buy land or anything. Is is that right? No, you just, they don't. You just set up yeah. the house and
4: yeah, yes. they they uh mostly illegal settlement oh, okay. on the outskirts of the city. Yeah, I do remember that when I was about four years old, we were moved by the mines. Yep. Because they discovered that where our shanty township was, uh, it had, uh, sh- uh, shafts, mining shafts underneath. Okay. And so they thought that there would be danger to human life if, uh, say they were to blow up some dynamite and, yeah. you know, yeah. and the the, uh, the land got sunken. And so they had to move us. I remember a, a truck came and carried our few belongings yeah. and then took um, corrugated, uh, you know, yeah. corrugated iron sheets, which are sort of rusty. Yep. And we sat on top of them in the uh, lorries. For us as children, it was an epic journey. I mean, yeah. traveling in it in a lorry, we were not often um, privileged to travel in a car yeah. and to go to the new settlement that the council had um uh given to the shanti uh dwellers. We I come from a family of uh ten
1: children. Ten kids, yep. Okay.
4: In, yeah. In fact eleven including the one who died at the age of two.
1: Yep.
4: Um yeah. So it was a big family, uh which made um looking after us that more challenging for the parents. Yeah, yeah. And the survival itself was <laughs> Uh, the fact that they managed to grow up was perhaps another miracle of divine providence.
1: So it, yeah. it, it really, you grew up in a fairly poor family from what it sounds like. W- were you educated? Did you go to school? Yeah, I went to school from year one. Uh, in fact, I
4: started, uh, you know, preschool, which was offered at the local, uh, community center and yep. then Moved on to a normal government primary school to start year one and went all the way up to year 12. Yes. And that was, we were able to do that because, uh, uh, education was free in Zambia under Dr. Uh, Kenneth Kaunda, who passed away just last, uh, uh, Thursday at the age of 97, the first president of Zambia. So he provided free education. So that made it possible even for people from poor families like I was to go through the education system.
1: Oh, Well, that's a blessing, isn't it, really? Because education is the the way out. There's there's no doubt about that. Were you a Christian? Yeah. As you grew up, were you a Christian? I was uh, born in a Catholic family, Catholic
4: Christian tradition. Yeah, but my yeah. parents weren't so, you know, strong believers. Okay. So they mixed um, Catholic tradition with uh, traditional African beliefs. Okay. Uh, so they, cons- they consulted witches, like if uh, a child, you know, one of my siblings or myself was sick, and they thought that it was a kind of mysterious sickness, they would consult the witch yeah. doctor to find out who had bewitched us yeah and yeah. Uh, and things like that, and then they'll get some charms and you know to try and get us well, and then they'll go to church and just sort of uh, maybe confess to the priest, because yeah. it was not allowed even under you know Catholic tradition to without yeah. witch doctors
1: yeah how how did you yeah. actually meet Jesus then and get a personal relationship with him so we got this this uh, boy grew up in in Africa grew up in a, a fairly poor uh town but was well educated by the sound of it, was a Catholic uh, but had the influences of of Catholicism and, and Romanism in his life. How did you meet Jesus?
4: I probably met Jesus in stages. You know as uh, Jesus said to Nicodemus, um, you know you cannot tell the you know when where the wind is coming from, where it is going, so it is with yeah. everyone born yeah. of the spirit. Um, I sort of met Jesus in stages. First time I probably met Jesus through the Michelangelo paintings that yeah. they hung in the Catholic church, okay, and that I saw in the uh, you know catechism uh, and prayer books, and our teachers at the church would tell us that the, t- the picture of Jesus. That's the picture of Mary. That's the picture of yep. Joseph, the father, and so forth. So, and then they taught us about how Jesus loved us. You know, He died for yeah, us. Yeah. So, I kind of began to open my heart to Jesus. Yeah. And um, but I formally gave my life to Jesus at a Scripture Union meeting at high school. Okay. Yep. Uh, it was an a multi faith interfaith. Um, you know, student organization i was invited to that by friends yeah. and this charismatic preacher stood up he preached and i felt impressioned to give my life to jesus and i stood and went forward i was prayed for and i think that was the time when i formally gave my life to jesus accepted him in my life even though i remained a catholic after that
1: Okay, well before we go further into where you journeyed with your walk with Jesus, um, can you just tell us a little bit about your education uh, post school because it sounds like you had a a really good um, primary and high school education, did it stop there or did you go on? No I didn't, Um, shortly after high school
4: I left the Catholic Church, became an Adventist um, and um, I had Gotten fairly good results. Yep. Uh, to go to the university, uh, but during that time, the Lord redirected my steps—the desire to go and study ministry. So Okay.
1: Now I'm going to hold. I, I think I better hold you up there before you tell us that. How did you become yeah. an Adventist? I think we need to know that before we can find out why uh, you went and became a pastor. So tell us how you became an Adventist.
4: Through my elegance, I started studying the Bible. Yes. uh, Mostly to uh, counteract the Bible bashing of the Jehovah's Witnesses that they were doing across the fence from us, the neighbours.
1: So you had Uh, neighbours who were JWs?
4: Yes, they seemed to know the Bible more than us, Catholics, because we didn't study the Bible at the Catholic Church that much. Uh, So I thought, I can study the Bible and find text to defend myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I sort of did that to a certain point, but that had unintended consequences. Yeah. So that I began encountering truths that sort of cut across uh, the Catholic beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for instance, Jesus said, if you uh, ask anything from my Father in my name, that I will, it shall be done.
5: Yep.
4: Uh, why were we praying to the saints and to Mary if yeah. uh, through Jesus we get everything?
5: Yeah, yeah,
4: So I began having some sort of a crisis of faith. Yes. And so shortly after leaving school, I met a friend uh, who had been a colleague in the school choir. Yep. And, I, and he was an Adventist. And I told him some of his questions that I was having. Yeah. Oh, boy, he was really waiting for me. It looks like he was really <laughs> waiting for me to tell him that. He was well-versed in the prophecies of Daniel and Revelation. Yeah, There began a two-hour or three-hour Bible study. Yeah. Trash course through <laughs> Daniel and Revelation. And afterwards, he gave me the great controversy. Yep. And I read that book. It was like a veil was just being lifted for my... faith, and uh, when I got to the chapter about uh, Luther's separation from Rome, I said, yep, if Luther did it, I can also do it. I will separate myself from Rome. And uh, it wasn't an easy decision, because it was breaking family tradition of, uh, you know, a few generations. They were all Catholic and. But I had to do that. My father wanted to throw me out. Um, but I, my mother defended, so I stayed at home until the time I went to the Adventist High School. And uh, Adventist uh, so, uh,
1: uh, Seminary. So you, you went off to do ministry. What, what, why did you do that? Did, did God call you? What, what happened?
4: As I said, I was Initially wanting to go and do, uh, uh, engineering at the University of Zambia. Yes. But during the year when I was waiting to do that, I began to uh, develop interest in ministry. Yes. I remember going with a few friends of mine, uh, the guy called Lazarus. Uh, he really inspired me to yeah. read more the Bible and the Spirit of Prophecy. And somehow we got this impression that we should start an independent ministry. Okay. We didn't have money. Yep. So we went into the bush and we cut some trees uh, and burnt. We There was a controlled burning to make charcoal to sell at the market. Yep. Because uh, people used that for cooking. And we went into the bush for a few days and worked. When I came back from the bush, I found a letter uh, stating that the committee had voted to sponsor me to go to the Zambia-Atlantist
1: Seminary. That's a pretty big sign from Jesus, that one.
4: Yes, 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 yes. So from doing some independent ministry, he was now calling me to former ministry. Yep. I put my belongings together. I didn't have any money, but the local church, the local Adventist church, you know, donated some money to give me a ticket to get on the train to yep. travel to South Zambia to Rosangu Adventist, Zambia Adventist Seminary. Uh, and that's how I ended up doing a 2 years course there. Uh, I got a diploma in ministry yep. and was sent to um, Dollar Rural uh, to look after 12 churches and 18 companies.
1: Now, I'm going to come to that in a minute. How did your parents, how was your family responding to their Catholic son who's now an Adventist becoming a pastor?
4: My father especially had a big change of heart uh, after a few months of my being an Adventist. He began to see that being an Adventist uh, didn't mean that I was no longer with God. And he began to understand that the church, the Catholic Church, didn't have monopoly on God. So yeah. when I said to him I was going to study ministry, he didn't oppose me or anything. Yeah. But this is what I remember: uh, on the day I was leaving home, we were gathered in the house, um, you know I was basically bidding farewell to the family, and my dad, who was a, a bit of a charismatic. Ah. Uh, character stood up in the middle of the family and decided to pray. Yeah, and he said, "Lord, you gave me this child. He has walked away from the church, but hasn't walked away from you. So bless him in the work that you have called him to do." Or oh, he prayed such an emotional prayer. By the time he finished, all of us were crying. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So. Yeah, he had a bit of a change of heart about my calling and, and everything, he accepted it.
1: Your dad One and mum, are they
4: still alive? Or? My, no, they passed away. My dad passed away in 2012 and my mum passed away in 2013. They never changed their, you know, their belief, their Catholic belief. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember that one of my friends conducted a crusade in the Shanti township, uh, yep. township when they, where they lived. Yep. And, uh, and he invited them and they attended a few meetings. But you know, when people are very old, it's very yeah. difficult for them to change. Yeah. What yeah. they grew up and they are now old and, yeah. So they remained Catholic. Yeah. yeah. But they did learn a few things.
1: Now, you're a pastor. You're a pastor. Can you just tell me again how many churches and companies you had? First, you've just got out. You've got a two-year diploma. How many churches mm-hmm. did you look after?
4: I looked after 12 churches and 18 companies.
1: How many people in, All, those, in, in, that, in those churches?
4: Uh, just over a, a total of over 2,000 members.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how old are you when you, you start this, this journey into ministry? I was 23. Oh, my. And you had 2,000 yeah. people you were looking after.
4: <laughs> That's right.
1: That must have been a great shock to you when you first started out uh, Yeah, string. Yeah.
4: I mean, I remember that the first district meeting, they called the elders from the different churches. Yep. And this elder that lived not far from where I lived, he was actually... Uh, um, one of the teachers at the nearby Adventist school, he took me. So we took the journey walking through the bush to where the meeting was. Yeah. And I saw these elderly people, most of them were, you know, gray hair. Yep. And they looked at me, they, you know, they they didn't know what, how to react. Yeah. But one of them was courageous enough to express himself. And they said, (laughs) they brought us a youth to be our leader.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, did yeah. you stay there long or or, or or did you go back for more education? How, how did that work?
4: I stayed there for two years. Yes. And uh, during that two years, we added, we organized one more church. So yes. we now had 13 churches. Yes. And we added uh, two more companies. So we had about 19 companies.
1: And how many people do and, you uh, think joined the, the cause in that time of Jesus? probably uh, maybe a couple or so hundred more.
4: Wow. Um, and some of those uh, uh, people, in fact, most of them came through uh, lay people.
1: Well, Fred, that's uh, an interesting story, and I'm really, really enjoying it. But we're going to take a little break for a moment, give you a a chance to have a breather, and then we'll be back after a song. And there's something I want to share with our, our listeners before we do that too.
0: You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM.
1: Hey, Hunty. Yeah, mate. Is it too late for people to get into us today with... No, prayer no, requests, no, no, with, no. We'd love to hear from you. With questions for yes, the Aussie past. Please. What do we call
2: that... Ask the Aussie Pastor. Ask the
1: Aussie Pastor. So We'd love to hear from you. If you've got a question that you'd like to ask me, any Bible question or any life question, really, I'll have a go. Yep. I can't say I'll always get it good, but I'll have a go. If you've got a question you'd like to ask or if uh, you'd like us to pray, and I want to bring a prayer request to you in a minute. Yeah. If you'd like to pray, how do they contact us, Hunty?
2: Two ways. You can either text us or you can email us. So the email address is info at aussiepastor.com. That's easy. Isn't it? That's, that's easy. easy. Info, info at
1: Pastor Aussiepastor.com. I've, I've got that one in my head. Nice. Info at Aussiepastor.com. That's an easy way. Yep. That's right. Now, the, uh, the
2: the phone number you can text us on is 0488-880-851. That's 0488-880-851.
1: And we'd love to hear from you today. We
2: certainly would bring your questions to us and your prayer requests. We would love to to pray for you. Actually,
1: ask the Aussie pastor in that little prayer section is my favourite part of the program. Really? Yeah, because we're getting to hear from our listeners. and It, we doesn't, want... it, doesn't, it doesn't stress you, random questions? Oh, if I can't answer it, I'll just say, no, that doesn't stress me because if I can't answer it, I'll just That's admit true. it and go away That's and true. find another answer. Hey, talking about prayer, Yep. and uh, I know um, Pastor Fred won't mind the break, so we'll give him just a little bit of time to to rest yep. before yep. I get into his yep. questions again. I have a friend, Pastor Brad, and his wife Christy, and they have a little girl whose name's Imogen, mm-hmm. and Imogen is one just over one years of age, and Imogen has been fighting cancer for just over twelve months of her life, and she cannot beat it. Now I'm going to tell you the type of cancer it is. It's Gildoblastoma multiform grade four. Oh, grade four. It's a very, very rare cancer. But if you are suffering from a brain cancer, it's at least sixteen percent of those who suffer from brain cancer, even though it's a, a very rare one. Mm. And I'll tell you why this is very serious. She's just over a year old. We've been we've been praying for her. We've been praying for her for just over a year. She's had this literally from very early on in her life, and we thought she was getting better. Well, at least holding it. But she's just had tests in the last 48 hours that tell us that it spread to her spine. Oh, dear. And uh, the parents shared publicly what type of cancer it was. Mm. Now, I'm going to share it with you again. I'm going to have another go at this. Um, gliblastoma glibla- multiforme. Grade four, and let me read what it says on my computer about this type of cancer that this little girl is suffering. It says, this is the most malignant type of astrocytoma, that's cancer. It grows rapidly and it often causes pressure in the brain. These tumours require a combination of treatments. Grade four is the most aggressive of the primary tumours of the brain for which they're Is no cure Management remains palliative And includes surgery Radiotherapy And chemotherapy And with optimal treatment Patients with GBs have a median survival Of less than one year Now through prayer This little girl's been going for over one year She's over a year She had her one year birthday not so long ago But we are praying for her That God will work a miracle for her and show his power and his authority over these awful diseases to the whole world. And what I'll tell you this, listeners, is I'll keep you informed of what is happening with this beautiful little girl, Imogen, and she is a beautiful little girl. And if you go to our Aussie Pastor Facebook page, you'll Mm -hmm. see a picture of her with her mum and dad and her story. And we'll let you know how that goes. But the reason I'm sharing this with you, and her parents are happy for us to take this public, the reason I'm sharing this with you is I'd like to ask you, our listeners, to pray with us for Imogen. Let's pray for a miracle. I have seen God work miracles, hunting. Me too. I remember when I was a pastor at Runga Church, a lady came to me with a similar type of cancer, only it was a breast cancer, and uh, it was fatal. She was going to die, and I remember, and the whole church is a witness to this. And and I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not one of these pastors who runs around and lays my hands on people and 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 demands that God heals them. I ask God quietly, I believe God hears our prayers and he answers them according to his will. That's important. But I remember we got the elders of the church together and we went and prayed for this lady up in the hospital. Do you know that the next day she went in for an operation that she's going to have a breast cut off because it was breast cancer. When they went in, the cancer had gone. Wow. So they called the the, the surgeon called her in so, so so they just had a look around and made sure that was the case and and nothing happened basically. They, they called her mm. in, the, in, in the following few days and, and the surgeon said, we can't believe it. It's like a bushfire. We can see that a bushfire has been through there. We know that you've had cancer. We can see it, but it's all gone. Wow. And to this day she's been cancer free. Praise the Lord. But the truth yeah. is, hunty, I've seen other occasions where we've prayed for people furiously and long and intently and deeply and they've passed on to sleep. And the great thing about being a Christian is you know that death is not the final frontier. In fact, it's just a short break before we see Jesus. And he comes again and he resurrects us. So whatever future God has for Imogen, she's got eternal life in front of her. And we know that and we take great comfort from it. But she's one year old. Her parents love her deeply. They've been praying very intensely for her, thousands of people have been yep. praying for her. you. Can go onto a GoFundMe yep, page where they've raised over sixty-five thousand dollars for her treatment, and the treatment's very expensive, and the money's being spent in treatment for her. But I would just like to invite our listeners today to pray for her as well. So we'll get we better get back to Pastor Fred, but I want to say a prayer. Yep. Is that all right? Yes. Have a prayer, then a song, and then we'll go back to Pastor yes. Fred. So, so listeners, if you can. Uh, bow with us. If you can't follow this prayer with us and, and please pray for Imogen, uh, in your prayer. If you have a prayer life, pray for Imogen. Let's pray for her. Lord, I'd like to bring Brad and Christy, the mum and dad, the dad and mum and little baby Imogen to you today. Please, Jesus, we pray. That, and I'm saying this publicly because I know you are a, a powerful God that you are the one who creates. You're the one, Lord, who, who put Imogen together in the first place, and and you can repair and you can heal. And so I ask you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth that if it be your will to the glory of the Father that you bring healing to little Imogen. I'm asking you this, Lord, publicly so that your fame and your power can be spread throughout the land and Imogen can grow up to be a servant of yours. Please, Lord, hear our prayer and be merciful, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I think this next song is... Applicable to the battles yep. and the heartaches and these struggles and the fear that many face with diseases like this. Not My Home, sung by another pastor friend of mine, Greg Pillay. <laughs> go back to education then, do you? And, and somewhere in here you met a wife.
4: Third year in, in my first district, I was transferred to an urban district yep. and I began to have this desire to go for theological training yep. and the local field office didn't have enough money, so a friend of mine suggested that if we went to Botswana, a neighbouring country where the economy was much stronger than ours in yep. Zambia. It was possible through just selling books to raise enough money to pay your way through uh, theological training. Okay. And so we went over to Botswana and did Carl Porter ministry
1: for two years.
4: Yep. Uh, which is which um, is basically
1: just so our listeners know, going door to door selling books.
4: Yeah, door to door selling uh, books, uh, religious books and health books. Yep.
1: Unfortunately, or fortunately, after two
4: years, instead of going to Uh, for further theological training, I opened the Christian Bookshop. Okay. And uh, I operated that for nearly eight years. So I ended up staying in Botswana for about 10 years. And it was during my time there, that time I was running the Christian Bookshop, that I met this young lady. Beautiful young Uh, lady. Beautiful young lady. She had just uh, graduated from the University of, Eastern Africa for the Adventist Church. Yeah. It's called Baraton. Yep. Uh, she did a Bachelor of Science in Biology and Chemistry. Okay. And she was doing part time work at a local high school teaching biology. Yes. And uh, I came out of church one Sabbath morning. She was, and she was there talking with friends. She was visiting from another church within yes. uh, uh, Gabron, the capital of. Uh, Botswana. Yeah, yeah. So I introduced myself. Did you and, actually go up and uh,
1: introduce yourself?
4: Yes, I went and said hi. I introduced <laughs> myself to her and to her friend Yeah. And uh, later on, um, I found a way to uh, sort of get a contact. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so the following week, I took her out and uh, we, from there we started going out.
1: So really, the fir- really, from the first moment you saw her, you liked this girl.
4: Oh yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was probably love at first sight.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so take us a bit further into this journey. I'm it very interesting. You, 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 you've got this bookshop. You, you had that for eight years. You've got married. Now, what happens
4: when I met my my wife? I discovered that um, she was waiting on the government to authorize a grant. Yes. To go and study medicine. Okay. So we didn't actually get married immediately. She, the following year in January, she left, uh, February she left uh, in two thousand and one yep. to go to the University of Tasmania uh, to study medicine
5: ah.
4: and uh, a government grant. Yeah. So, but by then I had already proposed and she had said yes. Yes. Uh, while she was doing her first year at the University of Tasmania. I was making preparations for the wedding back yes. home and approaching the parents through some elders yes. and uncles. Yes. Well, you can't approach the parents yourself. It's, it's not allowed in the tradition. Negotiating the dowry. Yes. Or lobola. Yep. Uh, which uh, came to about 10 heads of cattle. Yep. And, um, yeah, making wedding preparations, basically. I actually,
1: I actually <laughs> yeah. wish they did that. And I'm not joking either. I wish they did that in Australia and not so much the <laughs> 10, the 10 head of cattle, although I could do with that too. I've got a farm, a little farm we could, but the idea that you show such respect to your, to the parents of your bride and that she is someone of great value. Um, they yeah. have brought her up and, and, it, it, that transaction, it's not just about money or, or that sort of thing. It's a respect thing, isn't it? That you are going to yeah. take this woman, you're going to care That's for right. her and you are acknowledging, am I right in saying you are acknowledging her parents for bringing yeah. her up and gifting her That's then over to you? Is, have I got that right?
4: That's true. And it also gave the family of the lady just to meet with the family of the man. Okay. To see whether they are people that you know, had brought him well, whether he's going to look after their child well. Yeah. And if only one of the members... So this was a, a really family-ish uh, matter that went beyond the parents. Yeah. In fact, the uncles traditionally had more say than the parents themselves. So the uncles were there, and uh, uh, one of them actually initially objected, I don't know whether he was serious or he just wanted to know how serious we were, to say that, I don't know this guy, I don't even know where he comes from, and and, and I could understand because I was a foreigner there, from another country, from another tribe, and uh, and he just wanted to know whether, to be sure, uh, their child was going to be safe with me.
1: So you got married, eventually get married. Um, yes, she came, she came back
4: after the first year we had a wedding and yes. we got married, but I still remained in Botswana to sort of wind up my business. Yes. And in the middle of 2002, in July, I arrived in Tasmania to join my wife.
1: What an incredible culture shock that must have been from Botswana to Tasmania. Oh, boy.
4: And they called in Tasmania in July. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, oh, is, is Botswana? Uh, what would you compare Botswana to in Australia? Is it Brisbane, Cairns, Townsville? What ha, What sort of weather did you go from to Tassie?
4: Uh, yeah, probably Cairns uh, or Townsville somewhere there, because the Tropic of Capricorn,
1: okay,
4: that passes through that part of Australia also yeah. passes through Botswana.
1: Okay, so but so you from go from same, this, uh, the, from this hot country to Tassie in the middle of winter. Um, what do you do in Tassie when you got there, mate? Uh, when I go
4: to Tasmania also, I, I decided um, to enrol as a student. Yes. I studied information system. Yep. And um, so I, I have a Bachelor of Information Systems from the University of Tasmania. Wow. Um, and, and then, of course, when we finished our studies there, my wife picked up a job at the um, hospital in Gosford. Yes. As an intern. Yes. Uh, I worked a little bit. Now she's, in, uh, she's, by
1: this time she's a doctor.
4: Yes, by this time she was a doctor now. Yeah. We had, we had started for about five years there. She was there six years. And you have children? Um, we had one child at the time. Yeah, okay. And, uh, uh, before the second one. So, uh, I worked in an IT company for probably a uh, half a year and I decided to go back to ministry. Uh, so I applied for um, studies at Avondale Yep, and graduated from there in 2009 with a graduate diploma in theology and a graduate diploma in ministry.
1: Tell me this. Why did you go back into ministry? You'd had a very success. It seems to me you had a very successful career outside of ministry. You you had a bookshop in 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 uh, Botswana, then you come to Australia. You've got further degrees in some pretty powerful areas where you could work and make a lot of money, and yet you go back into ministry. What what brought you back into full time ministry? Um, yeah The truth be told uh, I never actually
4: Completely Left ministry Yeah When I was in Botswana Where I was doing uh, Cowboy ministry I would often be invited To speak In different churches Yeah And uh, At the local church Where I I was a member Um And when I went to Tasmania Um I ended up being On the conference Preaching Um um roster. So they had this system where they rotated preachers yeah. and uh, they put me in there. So I would travel sometimes to Loncerm to preach. Yeah. I'll go down to Marge, Rosny and other churches, including Oki So I preached in all of those churches. And each time I preached people affirmed that uh, I needed to be in ministry. Yeah. And my wife said, she, she used to say the same, yeah. same thing. So yeah. when we moved to Gosford, I worked um, for half uh, a year in I.T. Uh, so that desire sort of grew, and I decided to just go back into ministry.
1: Sounds like a calling to me.
4: Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Now, absolutely. you're an African man in Australia, um, an African-Australian <laughs> now. Um has there been challenges moving from your culture in Africa to Australia, which I'd I'd imagine would be complete, completely different? Has it been challenging or pretty easy? How's that been for you? Uh,
4: in some ways, it's easy. Obviously, uh, Australia provides um, a, a high-quality uh, standard of life. And, uh, yeah, life is pretty easy in 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 that regard, um, I have my wife and I have more than we would have ever dreamed. Mm. Uh, we've been so blessed in this country, yeah. uh, and so uh, it, it's, it it's amazing. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, there are challenges. Of course, I think the biggest challenge is that in Africa, we well, sort of. Have a bigger social network. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I could rock up at my friend's place without an appointment. And if he's there, I we'll would just sit down and chat yeah. without an appointment. Yeah. I can't do that in Australia. Uh, even my kids, uh, to play with the neighbors, I have to ask the, uh, the parents. Yeah. When we grew up, you just rock up, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, you just say, go and play and they, they will disappear in the township yes. and come back when they are hungry. Yeah. Uh, you know they will come back. And mm-hmm. and if they misbehaved because it was a community of elders uh, somebody in the community would discipline them yeah. and they will report to you that they disciplined them. Yeah, yeah. They had the right you know, yeah, to discipline yeah. any child who misbehaved. And, um, and so I, I think it's that social uh, aspect that can make life a bit challenging. Yeah, yeah, Uh, You can become lonely, especially in big cities. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, uh, that's the only part. But material-wise, life is much easier. You can afford a house, you can afford, you know, many things that you probably wouldn't have been able to afford uh, back in Africa.
1: You've been on a long journey with the Lord from Botswana to Australia actually from Zambia to Botswana and then to Australia, um, you've crossed cultural boundaries, you've gone to new countries, you've seen a whole lot of new things, and all the while Jesus has walked with you. Someone listening Mm. to this, if they're considering Jesus, what would be your advice after uh, many years of having Jesus as your friend walking with you?
4: Yeah, I mean, the best decision I made in my life was to give my life to Jesus. First of all It gives you the resilience To uh, Fit into different Cultural Circumstances And to Be with different people Speaking different languages Looking differently from you mm. And just know that you were among uh, Shall I dare say Blood brothers and sisters Yeah Both yeah. with the same blood of Jesus Yeah uh, and that's just amazing. Yeah. It gives you that, you know, sort of re- resilience, yeah. and it gives you a community. Because um, when you go into a new place, you don't have mm. uh, that community that you grew up that you can, you know, uh, you know, be at home with other believers. You share meals, you share stories, you share laughter and fellowship, and uh, you feel like you have found a, mm. a new family Yeah. Uh, where you are. So Jesus gives you the resilience mm. to face different challenges in life, mm. but also gives you a new family and a new set of friends yeah. that share your faith and share your lifestyle, and that's just amazing.
1: Very true, and I know Fred cheleshi Personally he works with me at New Hope. He is a fine preacher. Very God centered, Bible centered preacher who loves the Lord and he's brought something to our church that we've never had before. Not only does he preach and teach and bring Jesus with him, this man sings beautifully. Tenor voice, I think oh. it is. Would that be right, Pastor? Barreton. Baritone, <laughs> sorry about my ignorance with music Baritone voice And if you want to hear him Well in northwest Sydney you just come along to New Hope Because we're trying to get him to sit, preach and sing as much as possible We've worked you hard, haven't we? Yes yeah.
4: <laughs> And thank you to you Pastor um, It's been lovely to work with you And you have provided a structure um, That we can work uh, together with yeah. In uh, building the Kingdom of God Thank you
1: we are, and we're friends. And thank you for joining us today. Um, very interesting. I learned a, a lot more about your life, and, and I hope we can get you on again some other time. Maybe share with us some of the stories of God's goodness to you through the years. Thank you. God bless you, Fred. Thank you, Pastor
4: Lloyd.
0: Pleasure. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor
1: here on Faith FM. He's a good bloke. Pastor Fred? Absolutely. Come into our church made a real difference. The church members love this guy. Yep. And as I just saying then he can sing. Oh yeah. Man, can he sing. He can. He's, what were you saying about the difference between a tenor and a baritone, Hunty? Uh a, a baritone's just a tenor that's got a better voice. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true or you just made no, that no, one up? No, it's true.
2: It's deeper, richer, yeah. it's uh it's bigger. If you're a baritone, it comes it comes from opera and theater. Okay. You're better than a tenor. So,
1: so those famous guys from Italy are the baritones. They're not tenors. Well, the, why do they the, call the themselves the four tenors, three? the three yeah. tenors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got me. Oh, okay. <laughs> tenors, baritone.
2: You're not sure. I just thought that a baritone was just a tenor that could sing better.
1: Okay. Well, he is a beautiful singer, and, and he's a he good does preacher sing so well, and he's a man of God, and we're very blessed to have him. And he's got these amazing stories he does, that he comes up. with. I've never known a guy who's been to so many places, done so much. And had so many experiences, and he's, his walk to Jesus is a really exciting one. Mm, so I'm mm. very grateful to have Pastor Fred with us today. yeah. Hey, uh, I, I don't want to labour this too much because we do do it every week, but yep. I'm really enjoying the Aussie Pastor segment. Yeah, and, me too. And uh, I enjoy that we can pray for our listeners. And just one more time, and then we'll have a song. If you want to contact us today... Yes. And give us a question. We've but got say, some already coming in. Yes. Praise the Lord. But I'm please always, do.
2: Yeah, I'm always glad when they come in, Auntie. We, we love our program to be relevant. And by you asking us questions, that keeps us sharp and relevant. So if you'd like to contact us, it's easy. Info at AussiePastor.com. That's for email. Or if you're on your phone or want to text us, 0488 880 851. Okay Easy I'd love to hear from you We would love to And also prayer requests We'd love to pray for you too yeah.
1: I'll Not yeah. Be Shaken by Wendell Kimbra Good song
6: For God alone I wait in silence My soul is still Before the Lord He is my rock And my salvation My fortress strong I'll trust in Him I'll not be shaken I'll not be shaken For all my hope Is in His love Trust in Him.
1: Go through rough times, but I will not be shaken. I like that song mm. by Wendell Kimbra. Good one. Good stuff. Let's do Bible study. Okay. The Bible studies on the radio have always got to be shortened to the point. Yep. So, almost 4,000 years ago. Well, three and a half, maybe three. We're not exactly sure. Children of Israel, they escaped from Egypt. That's a great story. Go and read it in the book of Exodus. God takes them. Three million. A million, three million. Again, we're not sure. But they'd been slaves for 400 plus years. God takes them out of Egypt. Moses, great leader of God. This is a great story. God takes them out of Egypt, takes them across the Red Sea, and they head out into the desert, and they get at the bottom of this mountain called Mount Sinai. Never been there, nor have you, have you, hunty? We'd like to go to Mount Sinai, but we haven't been there yet. And while they're there, camped around Mount Sinai, you can imagine, a million, maybe three million. Again, not sure, but there's a lot, a lot of people there. God comes down on the mountain. There's lightning. There's thunder. And then God speaks to the people these ten laws. Called the Ten Commandments. You might have heard of them. These ten laws were not just given to Israel, but they're given to the human race. And one of the reasons I think that Western culture has been so successful is that the culture is based on these Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons we're sliding, we talked about it earlier uh, today, sliding into chaos is because these Ten Commandments, these laws of God given by God to man are now being ignored more and more. In fact, sometimes we have governments here in the West, in Australia too, who even legislate against these laws. Very serious because these are God's laws for mankind And they're given to us so that we can be happy Live lives of order and of peace I want to quickly look at these 10 laws Yep What are they? Do you know them off by heart, hunting? I used to I do Oh, wow You know why? (laughs) I used to teach my kids these laws And I used to pray to the Lord Look, I said, Lord Jesus, I will teach them these laws And so I can kind of take it to their heads but father you've got to take it from the head to the heart. Yep. I mean when this law is in your heart man does it change your life? Let's look at them quickly, hunty. Yep. Verse 3, law
2: number 1. You must not have any other god but me. Pretty simple that one, isn't Easy. it? Easy. Yep. Only one god. Yep. And that's the great god of the heavens. Number 2. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or any image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea.
1: So number two says, don't make an idol, don't bow down to them. And you know today, hunty, out in the world there, in the big wide world, that many, many religions today, even some claiming Christianity, do have idols, do make idols, uh, do bow down to them. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was in a country in Asia and uh, I was walking along and I came to a temple that was dedicated to an idol. I went into that temple I took my shoes off as I went in. Anybody was allowed in. So I thought, I'm going to go in and see what they're doing here. So I went into that temple, and there is this big, huge idol sitting on a stool made of bronze or something. It looked good. Mm -hmm. Well, no, not the prettiest-looking guy in the world, (laughs) but there he was, a little fat dude, uh, the idol, sitting on a stool. And I watched people come in. And they gave him gifts. They gave him um, offerings. There was money. There was fruit. There was food. Some even left clothes there. And I looked at the clothes I was leaving. They were never going to fit this this mm-hmm. idol. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I probably, in fascination, because I'd never seen anything like this in my life, I probably was in that temple for over an hour. I never once saw that idol move an eyelid. I never saw him take a breath. That idol was as dead as the brass or the steel, whatever metal he was made of, he was as dead, dead, dead as could be. Of course, God doesn't want us to bow down to idols because they're dead, made by human hands. God is not made by human hands, and that's why he says, number one, no other gods before me. Number two, don't bow down to idols. Number three, you must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Hmm.
2: How many times in in popular culture do we hear, oh, my?
1: Well, you never hear uh, um, them using the names of other gods, do you? You never hear them using the name of Buddha or Uh, Allah or any of these other. and and nor should they. Just our Christian God. It's disrespectful. But God says, don't misuse my name. Don't use it lightly. Don't use it as a curse word. Mm. Don't swear. So we've got, number one, only one God. one God. Number two, don't bow down no to candles. idols. Number three, don't misuse the name of God. Number four, remember to observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy.
2: You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, on that day no one in your household May do any work, this includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. but on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy
1: mm, that 's actually the longest of all the commandments when it comes to words wow. said by God. Wow it is Remember the Sabbath day we 're going to talk about that one more later i don 't get it though how Christianity misses that. Yeah, me too. We'll have the other nine, but somehow we missed the seventh day. Yep. One of the reasons I am a seventh-day Adventist is because I believe that the seventh day is holy. Day set apart by God for us to spend with him. Actually, Hunty, if I was attacking, and I've given this away, but if I was attacking the Ten Commandments, one of them above all others, you know which one I'd attack? Which one? This one. Why is that? It's a good question, is it? Why this one? Because this is the one everybody thinks doesn't matter. You remember when you fell in love with your wife? Yep. What do you like to do with her? Spend time. Time. Yep. The Sabbath is all about you spending time with Jesus. When you spend time with Jesus, he heals you from all the hurts and pains and battering you take from living in this world. And more than that, he doesn't just heal you. He builds you up and prepares you to go out and face a hostile world. And it's getting pretty hostile out there, aren't you? Yep. So the Sabbath is all about spending time with Jesus, worshipping him, fellowshipping with other believers, gaining strength and courage to go out and to face the world and to face the temptations that Satan throws at us all. So if you want to separate people from their God, what do you do? You get in the way of their the Sabbath Got time it. Got it. that they spend with Jesus, we all spend time. You spend time every day in Bible study, prayer. I do the yep. same thing, aunty. Yep. But not that long because we've got to get up, we've got to go to work, we've got to do stuff. But on the Sabbath, Jesus says, "Take that time and spend it with Me and be blessed." And you know, in this world which is going crazy and there's chaos everywhere, was there ever a time when the Sabbath was more important? I don't think so.
5: Hmm.
2: Fifth commandment: Honor your father and mother then you will live a long, full life in the land
1: the Lord your God is giving you. Honour your dad and mum. Yep. And that doesn't happen in our culture as much as it should. I was interested when I went to Jakarta with my girl Lizzie. They don't send their old people away to retirement villages, not that that's always a bad thing, but they take this to the extreme so that their parents are honoured so much that they actually hold in the home the most preeminent, important place. They really do know how to honour their parents in some of these countries that aren't from the West. We struggle with that one a bit. Next one, mate.
2: Can I say it in the old King James version? Yeah. Thou shalt not kill. Well, this one says, you must
1: not murder. Yeah. Don't kill. Mm. That's a simple one. Simple one, yep. Life doesn't belong to you, it belongs to God. And if God gave, look, Hunty, if God gave you the gift of life, which He did, I'm sitting here watching you about 1.8 metres, yep, away from me. You're sitting here with life coursing through your veins. Who did that gift come from? God. God God gave it, only God can Can take take it it away. away. I've got no right to take that gift away. That's why it says don't kill, don't murder.
2: Go on, mate. pretty simple. Okay, the next one. You must not commit adultery. Here's
1: God's commitment to marriage between one man and one woman. We talked about this earlier in the show today, how God says, hey, once you've Got yourself into that relationship with a husband or a wife. I'm going to bless you. Don't run off and have a relationship with somebody else. In fact, you know what Jesus is in Matthew 5? If you, and he's talking to men. I wonder why he was talking to men. He said, if you look at another woman and lust after her in your heart, you have committed adultery with her. Jesus wants the heart, doesn't he? He does. Okay, mate. Go on. Next one, you must not steal Okay No thieves allowed No uh, None of us like it When we get Have you ever Have you ever had Oh yes What happened Ah, oh, the, the first one that really got me Was like Some
2: kids broke into my car And stole my cameras and my phone And I could see them I came running across From where I was And they got into another car And disappeared before I could catch them How
1: would it make you feel
2: Ah, oh, so angry Something happened in our church not long ago Oh, dear, yes, a big production trailer for all our live broadcasts. Broken broke it into, they stole half the gear, and then they weren't happy with that effort. They set fire to it. And how would that make you feel? Ugh.
1: He turned red. I he can't, like the words, I can't
2: use the words on radio. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Actually, he was pretty cool about oh, that. True. But, look, true. if it doesn't belong to you, don't take it. That's right. Mm. And that, that goes right across life, eh? even into things like your tax that you owe the government. I mean, what God's calling for here... Hunty mm-hmm. is honesty.
2: honesty. Yep. Next one. You must not testify falsely against your
1: neighbour. In the modern language, that says don't lie. Don't lie. Don't lie. Don't intimate a lie. Don't pretend a lie. Don't lie under no circumstances. Lie. Look, sometimes it's better to be quiet, Yep. but don't lie. Don't lie. And, and that's a big one because we're living in a world full of lies. I mean, one of the problems we have right now with this pandemic is the lies all over the internet. People don't know whether to take the jab or not to take the jab. Why? Because of the lies. Our politicians, our leaders, I believe this, have lied so much over the past that when we get into places of desperation like we are now for the pandemic, people don't know whether it's the truth or not. That's right. Who can we trust? Who can you trust? Mm. That's because we have a culture, a society. We have people who are immersed in lies. And God says, don't lie. Can you imagine how easy, it would be for us as a people to face this pandemic if we all knew that what we're hearing was the truth. Truth, yep. But people yep. lie and it causes chaos and havoc and has even been the downfall of entire civilizations. They've been broken and busted up over lies. Okay, mate.
2: Okay, one. this next one's got my one of my favourite concepts in it. Yep. Jealousy and envy. Here we go. You must not covet your neighbour's house. You must not covet your neighbour's wife. Male or female servant, ox or donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbour.
1: Yeah. Don't covet or don't want what's not yours. Especially his Ferrari. <laughs> I know where you live, mate. <laughs> you got no one round you with a Ferrari. Are you telling the truth there? <laughs> um, yeah, look, it's an easy one, isn't it, to want what you don't have. That's right. Mm. Yep. Good laws. Yep. Do you think you can do them off by heart, hunty? Nope. I'm going to have a go. now. Right. You, you look at me. I'm, I'm um, going to pull my Bible now, back up. Now, I don't guarantee I can do this. Now, am I, look, I'm shut, shutting everything down. I'm not looking at anything. Is
2: your, is your computer
1: closed? Yeah, yeah, it is. Look, look can okay. you see? Okay, it's closed. Yeah, okay. It's closed. Okay. Yeah, look, I moved it so you could see. Yep, uh, all right. Here we number go. one. Yep. No other gods yep. before me. Got number it. two, don't bow down to yep. graven images. Number three, don't take the Lord's name in vain. Correct. Number four. Uh, remember the Sabbath. Absolutely. Number five, obey your parents. Yes. Number six, don't murder. Yes. Number seven, don't steal. Number eight, don't no, lock. You miss one. Number seven. Number seven. Don't commit adultery. We got it. Number eight, don't steal. Correct. Number nine, don't don't, don't Just Number 8 Don't steal Number 9 Give it to me I've lost Don't false testify yeah.
2: Against anybody don't lie. Yeah, don't lie Yeah don't lie And number 10 Is don't it. That's it You nailed them all by i got 80%. 80% You did good <laughs> Better than I could do <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, Look the law of God Is very Very Important And it's something That God's given to us In Love And this next song By Cara Klein It is about the love Of God For us
5: Strangely
1: Yep. Ask the Aussie pastor,
2: you ready? We're ready. Let's go for (laughs) it. Okay. The first one I think is a comment. Let me see. Okay. A good way to think of the vaccinations is just think of the Israelites in the wilderness when they were being infested by snakes. God's vaccine was the bronze snake he provides for us when in need.
1: Yeah, that's a good one too. It is. Yeah, I like that. Thanks for that uh, comment from unknown, but you know who you are, and we 're very glad for it. go on hunting okay i 've got one
2: here from a lovely lady named Cindy. yep um I listened to your sermons on faith f m and love listening to them. I class myself as a Christian. I try and follow the Ten Commandments, although I do not attend church. I was baptized Lutheran. I feel this need to make contact with my Lord, but I find it hard to pray. You pray to conversion prayer, and I thought that was exactly how I feel. And want to convey to the Lord But I do not have the words to pray So Pastor Lloyd
1: Would you be able to give her the words again? Yeah look Conversion prayer comes from the heart And there are no exact words that you say But my conversion prayer Which is a morning prayer is Lord here I am Take me I am your son Um, Forgive me for my sins I want to follow you with all my heart In Jesus name Amen Yep love it
2: Okay well well, as you passed the coughs a few times, I'm going to read the next question. Um, I have a couple of questions. Where did baptism come from? When John the Baptist was baptizing, was this a new thing? Also, when Jesus said
1: to like take, I, that's the first part of there. the question, yep. where did baptism yep. come from? Yep, I'm not exactly sure. It turns up in the Bible around John the Baptist. Um, I know that Jesus certainly taught it. After that. Um, and I'm going to go away and take that question on notice and come back with a better answer next week. Mm-hmm. But there's no doubt that baptism by immersion. I'm not talking about baptism when you're a child and sprinkled. That's actually not baptism. Biblical baptism is by immersion, as John was doing uh, in the wilderness. We've been there, Hunty, down yeah, on the Jordan, Jordan River. River, yep, yep. Uh, that's John was baptizing by immersion. In other words, fully putting the person under the water, uh, symbolic of. Death to the old life, coming up out of the water, a new life in Jesus. Jesus comes down. He's baptized by immersion. He wasn't sprinkled. He was baptized by immersion. That's the first place that I know of in the Bible where it was ever seriously, um, practiced as an ordinance. But I'm going to do some work on that and come back next week. There you go, Hardy. Okay. There's was... <laughs> one I didn't know straight off the bat. All right.
2: And, and Thomas, it's the same lady he has a, yeah. a second part to a question. Um, also when Jesus said to take up my cross, our cross. Yeah. This was before his crucifixion. We look back now and understand, but why would he use the word cross in that way before it had a
1: relevance to his disciples? Just curious. Ah, well look, the cross was a implement of torture and death and burden uh-huh. long before Jesus was put on it. It was a regular practice of the Romans with criminals. So the cross didn't, uh, find its inception with Jesus. The cross has had been there for a hundred, two hundred years or more before Jesus Christ. And when Jesus uses the term "take up your cross and follow me," he's saying, "Hey, uh, it, it would be in terminology they understood. Hey, take up the task, the work, and follow me. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be difficult, but I'll be with you, and you'll be okay." So that's that's kind of what Jesus is saying there. Oh, there you go. Does that work for you, Hunter? Okay. It does. Okay. Next question from
2: unknown: How is it we believe that we? Sorry, how is it we believe that we believe concerning death or what we believe concerning death when there are many testimonies of individuals who upon death, near-death experience, leaving their own bodies and have confirmed their
1: experience. Okay. There are a lot of NDEs around, near-death experiences, uh-huh. where people apparently die. I remember. Didn't our mate Packer have one of those? No. no, he actually died and said, I've got news for you. There's nothing out there. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he died for three or four minutes. This is Kerry Packer, yep. uh, a multi-billionaire here in Australia. He died for three or four minutes and they brought him back. Yep. And he said, look, I've got news for you. There's nothing out there. Total, okay. total nothing. Um, so that was his NDE. Look, I, I think when people die, the, the brain does funny things. Um, you can go through all sorts of experiences. Um, my view on that is, I'm going to stand by the Bible. The Bible is very clear that when you die, Ecclesiastes nine five six and ten, the dead know nothing. Jesus was very clear that when you die, you go to sleep. He goes and he says to Lazarus, he says to his disciples, when Lazarus dies, I'm going to go and wake Lazarus up. That Lazarus was unconscious, there was no thought, there was no action uh, in his life, and mm-hmm. so, so i 'm going to go by the Bible on that i 'm going to believe what the Bible says and i 'm going to recognize though that when people do die, especially in the first few minutes after death, the Bible still uh, the Bible, the brain Body, yep. the brain is still active, and all sorts of things can happen okay very good, okay,
2: unknown caller, um, sometimes like Job, I feel like the troubles won 't end. Are there lessons we can apply from Job's experience to our everyday lives now?
1: Oh, look. Again, I think of little Imogen. Aren't they going, Brad and Christy, with the little girl going through a Job experience? If you don't know the Job experience, go and read the book of Job. You you know what I get out of the book of Job? No matter what happens to me, no matter where I go, no matter what I suffer, no matter how bad things get, Jesus is with me. Jesus will never leave me. And there are times where I just can't understand. Mm. You know, I were talking earlier when the song was on, how much we would like Jesus to heal, little Imogen. Yeah. What, what a testimony to the world that would be about what um, Jesus can do. But he has his own ways and does his own thing, and he does it in his wisdom, and he's always right. So in the end, I've learned to accept the sovereignty of God. I've learned to accept my place and what happens to me. And you know what I'm asking more than anything, hunty? I know at 57, if Jesus doesn't come soon, I'm going to have to walk that lonely trail. Yep. And it is a lonely trail of darkness where you are often it's just you and Jesus there. No one can come in. You know, I'll watch people die. You watch as they lose their sight and then their hearing. Yeah, But you know they're still with you because sometimes they'll squeeze your hands. they hearing that goes last. But even after your hearing goes, Jesus is with you. And the whole point is that even in death, and that's about as serious a road as you can take, Jesus will walk with you. So what's the Job experience? Look, Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. He'll go with you the whole way. And at 57, and I don't know, Hunty, about you at 56, just a year behind me, that means a lot, doesn't it? Mm, it does. Jesus says, "I will never ever, leave you. Ever I'll never forsake you." Yep. Time for a song. That's it. Okay. Fantastic. Yep, I, no, no more questions. I enjoyed that this week. You keep you Can they?
2: Can they keep the questions rolling in during the yes. week? Yes, you can send them to us twenty four seven. We'll collect so them. Just collect as we them. close
1: this section, how yep. do they? If if you wanted to, and you didn't. Remember,
2: you don't have to put your name to it. Just send the questions yep, in. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at AussiePastorInfo at AussiePastor.com. Oh, you better do that one again. Info at AussiePastor.com. That's email. And you can text us on 488
1: This is a song by a friend of mine, Sandra Eneman. We were actually already interviewed He did just recently. A good yep. one too. Yep. Are you ready for Jesus to come? She Gee- Thank you Sandra Anderman Are you ready for Jesus to come Beautiful song and beautiful sentiments Mm. I want to be ready hunty Me too When Jesus comes And it's about What is it It's about accepting him as your saviour Yep And knowing that you're not We did the law today But you're not saved by the law Are you You're saved by grace By grace that's right We're going to look at that interaction Between the law and grace next week It's one of the best bible studies I reckon we do Absolutely This is a time of real trouble People are really struggling out there. I reading to this this morning in the, again, in my online newspaper, how the food, people are going for help from food. Um, you know, people who give out food, uh, what do you food, call it? Food, food charities, yep. food banks, more than, more than they ever have. And so people are going through a lot of trouble. There's a lot of anxiety out there because of COVID-19. Uh People are scared. They don't know where to get the jab or not to get the jab. They don't know how to deal with everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to leave our listeners today with a precious little promise found in a little story of Jesus 2,000 years ago. And it's a story that Jesus gave us for this day, for the very day we live in. Let's look at it, Hunty. Okay. It's found in Luke chapter 8. It's only four verses, verse 22 through to 25. I'm going to ask you to read it straight through, mate. Got it. One day, Jesus said
2: to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap, but soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filling with water, and they were in real danger. The disciples went and woke him up shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. Then Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. Suddenly, the storm stopped and all was calm. And then he asked them, where is your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man, they ask each other, when he gives command even to the wind and the waves obey him. In that little story, hunty,
1: is the key on how to get through The world as it comes to an end just before Jesus comes. Really? Yeah, that's the time we live in right now. Go and read Matthew 24. Go and read Luke 21. Jesus gives a whole lot of signs of what the world will be like just before he comes, when the world ends. Yep. We're living in the end of the world. And it is a time of fear and it's a time of great anxiety. Here's a secret to going through the end of time with no fear and no anxiety. Take this on and you're never going to be afraid. What is it? Well, it's a simple little story. Jesus said to the disciples, let's get into the boat. We're going to go to the other side. Yep. So disciples get into the boat and they head off for the other shore. On the way to the other shore, they get caught in a storm. Now, let me stop right there. Let's bring this into our experience, our life. Yep. Jesus says to you, hunty, I'm going to take you on a journey. Get into the boat with me. You got it? Got it. So you get into the boat and you begin life's journey with Jesus. He says we're going to the other side. Yep. So who are you with? Jesus. Now, let's look at your life for a minute, better yours than mine. (laughs) Have you ever been in any storms? Oh, many storms. Many storms. Sometimes do you feel like your boat's sinking? Absolutely. I mean, you and me, we've mentioned this before on this radio program, we've both unfortunately, very unfortunate, been through divorces. Yep. That's about as big a storm as I've ever had. Don't know about you. Yep. And you feel like the waves are coming over the top of your boat and you're about to sink. And I think there's listeners out there right now who feel that. I am not going to survive this. My boat is filling full of water and I'm going to sink. But who's in the boat with you? Jesus. He's in the boat with you. Nice. And Jesus gets up and he calms the storm. Now, you're 50-something. Look back on your life. Has Jesus, in the end, always calmed the storm? I am so blessed because he has always Calmed my storms. Sometimes it seems like the storm will never end, but Jesus calms it. Correct. Yep, correct. So they get to the other side of the lake, and then Jesus. It almost. And if I had more time, I'd go back to the text there. Jesus looks at them. It's almost like he gets upset with them. He says, "Hey, why? What is wrong with you guys?" Yep. In fact, shall I read it? Sure. Um, verse twenty-four. Then the disciples woke him up, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the storm. Suddenly the storm stopped. And then he turns to his disciples, verse 25, and he says, and you can feel the irritation almost in the story, where Where is is your your faith? faith? Yep. Why did he ask that question? Don't know. Look at it. They got in the boat with Jesus. They got in the boat with him. They got into a storm. You get in the boat with Jesus, ask him into your life, you're in the boat with him. You're still going to have storms. This idea that you're not going to have storms after you follow Jesus, that's a one of the most ridiculous mm-hmm. notions I've ever seen or heard. Now I get it. Sometimes the storms get even bigger. So you're in the boat, you're with Jesus, you get in the storm. You get scared, you're afraid, you go mm-hmm. to Jesus. The disciples went to Jesus. You with me? Yep. So they go to Jesus. Are they doing the right thing? Yes. They ask Jesus for help. So if you're in a storm, ask asked Jesus for, for help. help. Yep. When they, when, when Jesus was asked for help, he calmed the storm. You got it? Got it. So the storm was calmed. Yep. So they did everything. I reckon more or less that they should have. Yep. And then they get to the other side, and Jesus turns around and says, "What is wrong with you guys? Where is your faith?
2: What's yeah. the deal?" I get it. What? They're in the boat with Jesus.
1: It's more than that.
2: That's in the first... Why would you be worried? You're in the boat with Jesus, but you can be in the boat with Jesus, and you're still going to get oh, worried. Oh yeah. Oh
1: yeah. I You've don't been get worried. It. Oh yes, a lot. Here's the answer. Verse 22. One, see if you can pick it up, Hunty. Yep. One day Jesus said to his disciples, "Let's cross to the other side of the lake." So they got into the boat and started out. Stay with me. Oh, I got it. Jesus had already said they were they crossing the lake. They're going to cross. Wow. To the other side of the lake. That is so cool. And when you've got Jesus and he's in your boat and he says you're crossing to the other side you are crossing Crossing to to the other side. other side. How beautiful is that? Love it. So when you feel down and when you feel discouraged, when you're anxious and you're afraid, never, ever forget, Jesus never leaves you and you're going to the other side with him. with it today is it's talking about what's going to happen when we get to the other side how Jesus will take us to live with him for eternity and to be honest I can't wait we've talked about some pretty sad things today and some pretty evil things that are going on in the world and we need Jesus to come it can't be far away so I'm going to pray now and as I pray if you would like to be ready for Jesus when he returns To go beyond, beyond, as with that, that beautiful song by Jeff Morris. If you want that experience, I want to invite you, if you can, just to bow your heads. If you're driving in the car, that's fine. Keep looking. But I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to pray for me, a prayer of repentance, a prayer of conversion as we prepare for Jesus to come. Lord Jesus, we are living in a tough world. And there are awful things happening. Sometimes it seems our boat is sinking. We can't cope and we cannot comprehend what is going on. Come into our hearts, Jesus, today. Bless us with the Holy Spirit. We repent of our sins. And when you come back we want to be ready. Is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. My name is Lloyd Groleman, I'm the Aussie Pastor, and I love you. But Jesus he loves you, and I know this from my own experience, he loves you a whole, whole lot more. See you next time.
0: Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, always to support us, go to findjesus.tv.